Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's good to be back uh, to church again. Hope all of you are well, wherever you are. Uh, and I'm excited to be bringing the message this morning. And we'll be continuing the series that we started a couple of uh, weeks ago, looking at the heart of David. This morning, particularly, we'll be looking at a story from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9, where David showed an unexpected kindness to to a person that did not seem to deserve it or to a person that did not expect it. Now, the title of my message is A Kind Heart. Now, when we began this series, for those of you who have not joined us uh, to to the earlier sessions, we began by looking at the moment that David was chosen and anointed to become a king over Israel. Now, Bible commentaries and scholars state that David could not have been more than 15 years when, uh, when he was initially anointed by, by the prophet Samuel and when he killed Goliath. Now, it, it, would, uh, it would take David 15 more years before he would become king over all Israel. So every story that we've been uncovering over the past weeks are stories that happened in the span of 15 years. So David, when David became 30 years old, that was when he was anointed king over all of Israel for the third time. So all of the stories, all of the persecutions that David endured happened in the span of 15 years when David was between ages 15 to 30. So all of the troubles that he went through, all of the persecutions that he endured were all during his youth. And during this time, you see a level of spiritual maturity in David during these years that you don't normally expect to see in a young man or in a a youth. You would expect a youth to be impulsive or to reply in kind uh, whenever they are treated badly. But David had this amazing heart where he was really matured spiritually and his responses were measured. And that is why we pay particular attention to David's heart because we see glimpses and pieces of God's heart in him. And as we've, keepedly, as we've repeatedly uh, kept re- reiterating, we also see a shadow of Christ unfolding in the story and in the life of David. So this is particularly true of the story that we will be studying this morning. Now in this particular time in the life of David, or in the story that we will see, David has already been anointed king over all of Israel, and he has consolidated his reign. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 3, we read that there has been a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, and that in the process of time, the house of David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. After all these things, we read in 2 Samuel chapter 9, from verse 1 to 13, a story that challenges us at every level. Now let's read this scripture. If you have your Bibles at your home, get your Bibles, open them up to 2 Samuel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 13. The Bible declares, Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may destroy them and wipe them out of the face of the earth? Nope, that's not what David said. Let's read it again. 
Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul, that I may rain the wrath of God upon them, for they have for long contended with the Lord's anointed? Now that sounds a bit biblical, because we have words like the wrath of God and the Lord's anointed. But again, that's not what David said. That was not where David's heart was. Here is what David in fact said. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed he is in the house of Machir, the son of Emiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Emiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you the kindness for Jonathan's, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon him, upon such a, dog, upon such a dead dog as I am? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in, his, in both his feet. Now that was a long story but that was the whole chapter second samuel chapter 9 and what a glorious story of kindness this is now there are two main themes that i want to pull out of this story that i would like to focus on this morning the first has to do with the heart of david and how he was able to show the kind of kindness and the second theme that i will highlight is the heart of jonathan and the generational impact that his actions and his decisions have had. 
Now again, this is a beautiful story of kindness, and at a time when the priority of kings and rulers was exterminating their contenders and rivals, here we see King David living a life that was totally countercultural. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, you, you don't really come across that much story of kindness. Stories of kindness such as these are very rare. You don't find that many stories where someone showed unreserved kindness or went beyond the bounds of expectation to do good to others. By comparison, the New Testament is full of stories of kindness. We see it in the life and ministry of Jesus. We see it in the life and ministry of Jesus' disciples. And we see it in the epistles of Paul and in the epistles written by the other disciples where we are repeatedly encouraged to live life the way that Jesus lived. But looking at the heart of David, at the life of David, he lived this kind of life at a time when there was not that many points of reference like the one that we have now. But how was he able to live according to norms of the New Testament way ahead of his generation? How was he able to show an unreserved kindness at a time when even the revelation of being kind doesn't seem to be there? I believe the answer lies in his fellowship with God. The more time that you spend with God, the more access you get to his heart, the more opportunity you get to know him. And if you pay attention to the life of some of the Old Testament saints who, uh, who have had a closer relationship with God, you will see that they had some characters that really distinguished them from among the crowd. You see that in the faith of Abraham, who believed in God at a time when uh, his situation seemed to be hopeless. You see that in the humility of Moses, who was leading a nation that frequently rebelled. And you see it in the kindness of, of David, who showed this amazing mercy to Mephibosheth and treated him with dignity, even though he was someone that popular culture would have defined as an enemy. So by all standards, it was a kindness that was Christ-like. David's kindness, the kindness that he showed to Mephibosheth, was a kindness that was Christ-like. Notice that in verse 3, while David was talking to Ziba, he said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? It is not an ordinary, an ordinary kind of kindness that he wanted to show. It was the kindness of God. You see, being, being wholehearted is about allowing God to touch our hearts so that we can go and touch other people's heart with the same kind of love, kindness, mercy and joy that we have received from the Lord himself. David had experienced the kindness of God in his own life, so now you see him searching and looking for someone, for anyone from the house of Saul, to show the same kindness that he had received from God. And that is why David's kindness was unconditional. There was nothing that Mephibosheth was expected to do to earn it. Mephibosheth was not called to renounce any lingering claim that he may have towards the throne. He was not called to swear any allegiance to the king. 
There was no expectation that he should do anything. This was an unconditional kindness. The table was opened before him, and all that he had to do was to accept the invitation and dine with the king's sons. And that is why David's kindness was also genuine, because it was the kindness of God. You know that David's kindness was genuine because it did not start when he was a king. It did not start when he became a king. It began back in the wilderness when he was keeping or tending after his father's flock. It continued to his service. In his service to King Saul, he was very kind to Saul, obedient to Saul, and it also continued in his time of persecution. Even while going through that the hardest chapter of his life, David remained still kind to King Saul, to the Lord's anointed. So it was a constant theme in his heart. David was kind back in the wilderness. He was kind while he was in, in government service. He was kind when he was being persecuted. And now, having become the king of Israel, he still lives in that same constant uh, kind of attitude where he was now showing kindness to people who used to be his own enemies. And David's kindness was also proactive. You see in this story that David was kindly searching, he was actively searching for anyone that was still alive from the house of Saul. Anyone, someone who was still alive from the house of Saul, from the house that used to persecute uh, David. You see him being proactive, going after and looking for and searching for those to whom he was going to do good, for whom he was going to show the Lord's kindness. Another thing that you will see in David's kindness is how he dispelled the stigma that was associated with the physical condition of Mephibosheth. Whenever Mephibosheth is mentioned in the Bible, you see that biblical references will often point to the physical condition that Mephibosheth had. His physical condition is often mentioned because he was crippled in both his legs. And there was and there must have been some kind of social stigma that was associated with physical conditions. But the king, you see him making a decree that Mephibosheth will dine at the king's table just like the king's son. And in doing so, David was foreshadowing Jesus, who would also defy societal boundaries in touching the lepers, in dining with the sinners, and in going beyond uh, the, the boundaries that society has set. David, David's kindness was also stigma-breaking kind of kindness. There was no discrimination against Mephibosheth because of his physical condition. In church, we have received the same kind of kindness in Christ which Mephibosheth has experienced. The Lord has been kind to us. He has been, he's been lavishing us with his glory and with his love and, and with his blessings. And he wishes to continually show us the same unreserved kindness, unreserved love that is unconditional, that is genuine, and that is proactive. Now here is the second theme 
that I would like to highlight from this story. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 22, the scripture declares, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. I love this verse. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, I am quoting this verse in reference to Jonathan. You see, his name was mentioned at the start of 2 Samuel chapter 9. Bear in mind that when David was searching for someone to show kindness to from the house of Saul, he expressly made reference to Jonathan. It was for Jonathan's sake that he was going to show the Lord's kindness. And this is a vivid reminder of the generational impact that the decisions and the choices that we make in life will have. When Jonathan was yet alive, he had to make a decision between being loyal to his father, King Saul, or being loyal to his now newly found friend, David. Now loyalty to, to, now, loyalty to King Saul, to his father, would have literally meant standing for himself and securing his own heirship to the throne. On the other hand, being loyal to David would have effectively meant passing the throne to a stranger. But just like David, you see a level of spiritual maturity in, 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 in Jonathan, which made him to throw away his own personal gain for the sake of agreeing with God's plan, with God's purpose. God's plan would mean that Jonathan would no longer retain title to the throne because God had anointed, God has chosen David to become the next king of Israel. But Jonathan stood shoulder to shoulder with David and he supported him in all the ways that he could, even if that meant he was not going to become king. He honored God's purpose and he abandoned his heirship to the throne of Israel. And you will see that Jonathan did not receive any reward for his kindness while he was yet alive. Because as we've seen the story, Jonathan died at an early age while he was fighting with the Philistines. So he did not get to receive any kind of reward for his act of kindness towards David. But his decision the choices that he made left a blessing for his generation. Mephibosheth now sits and eats uh, from King David's table because his father had sown a seed of kindness into David's life. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And this was the inheritance that Jonathan left for his descendants, for his generation a seed of kindness that he was able to sow into David's life has now grown to provide shelter to his own children in time of their need. May the Lord grant us the heart to make the right decisions, the right choices in this life that will bring blessings to our generations. Church, I hope you've learned quite a bit from these stories, but these were the two themes that really stood out for me this time around when I wanted to share 
the, the kindness that David showed to Mephibosheth. He had such a kind heart that that was Christ-like. And again, Jonathan's heart was also the same. He had shown David a, ki- a kindness that at the time costed him, that at the time made him an enemy of his father as well. But his kindness also played out as we as we've seen played out to bring generational blessing to his sons and to his uh, children's children so these i pray will impart in us a spirit of uh, wisdom a spirit of kindness a spirit of kind heart that we also need to uh, bring to forward to our to our generation in this day let's pray dear lord We thank you for the precious word this morning. We thank you for the cloud of witnesses and exemplar lives that have gone before us, ahead of us, that we learn from, that we also desire to live a life that brings you glory, Lord. I pray this morning for the release of the grace of God that draws us near into fellowship with you, that draws us closer to your heart so that we can see and behold who you are so that we can learn to live like you. Just as David showed the kindness of God which has been poured out into his own life, help us, Lord, to share the word of kind, the world, to share with the world the kindness and the love and the mercy that you have shown us, that you have poured into our life. We cannot give unless we've received. But Heavenly Father, we need the grace to release that which we have received from you. The kindness that you have shown us. The world needs kindness. The world needs more love. The world needs more mercy. The world, the world needs more generosity. And we have seen that in you. We have experienced that from you. And we want to release that into the world into those that are around us, and we pray for grace, Lord. Lord, open up our vision also to be conscious in planting seeds of kindness and love that would bring blessings down the line of our generations. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.